Blue light filtering glasses commonly used to reduce eye strain from looking at computer screens might not actually have that desired effect, according to a new study published in Cochrane Library. Researchers found no evidence that the glasses have any health benefits, despite eyewear companies marketing the product as a way to improve sleep quality and retinal health. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. With the fall season approaching, vaccine manufacturer Moderna said its updated COVID shot showed a significant boost in neutralizing antibodies against two variants circulating in the U.S. The company said its preliminary clinical trial data, which it has submitted to the FDA but not released publicly, suggests the formulation may effectively target the two variants during the upcoming vaccination season. Just weeks ahead of the September 1st deadline for CMS to name the first 10 drugs selected for Medicare drug price negotiations, two of the drug makers challenging the Biden administration's negotiation authority have filed motions for summary judgment. Bristol Myers Squibb and Johnson & Johnson-owned Janssen argue the program violates their constitutional rights by taking away their private property in the form of at least two branded drugs for public use without providing just compensation. They also argue the program will chill industry research and development investment for new cures. And while new pharmaceutical options for weight loss show promise, bariatric surgery remains an important and potentially effective treatment for obesity that could see greater demand as more patients find success with medication and become candidates for surgery. Politico healthcare reporter Daniel Payne explains. Hey, Kelly, thanks for having me. So new ways of treating weight loss, specifically through obesity drugs, have been in the news a lot recently, largely for their promising results in trials. So what does this mean for the future of obesity care? Certainly, this has been big news, not just in the world of clinicians who treat obesity and not just in the world of clinicians who treat obesity, but also just in the news of Americans and people around the world. And while there's sort of been this sense that maybe it would completely revolutionize care, the clinicians I talked to said that while it is a big step forward, that these results are really promising, it really is another tool added to the toolbox. It's not necessarily a replacement for sort of the gold standard standard of treatment that we have right now. Given sort of the recent surge in popularity of these drugs and bariatric surgery has long been a way to treat obesity. So I'm curious how those two things are working in unison and sort of what the state of obesity care is in the U.S. right now. Certainly. So like you said, bariatric surgery has been used for some time, and it's sort of the gold standard in a lot of ways for a lot of patients that fall into a certain body mass index category and need to lose a certain amount of weight as determined by conversations with their physician. So these drugs aren't going to replace that is what clinicians are saying right now, that they think that is still going to be a big part of treating obesity in the United States but that these drugs can improve outcomes. They can maybe be used before or after surgery to enhance the effects of surgery to help people keep weight off. It's just an additive, really, more than it is something that's going to completely replace the treatments that exist today. I'm curious of the clinicians you spoke to, 
What are some of the reasons that they said bariatric surgery will not replace these drugs and is likely to remain a key part of treatment for obesity in the U.S.? Data is a big piece of it. We have a lot of data about the effectiveness of bariatric surgery and not only its effectiveness in helping people lose weight, but also all the associated health benefits that can come with it. And that's part of the reason that one doctor told me that the reason that you see it covered really fairly broadly by insurers and by government payers in some situations is because there is proof that it is going to really add to people's health. For these new drugs, the GLP-1 agonists, the data is still coming in. Even in recent weeks and months, we're still getting new studies and sort of new research that's giving us a better picture of how all this works and its effects, but it's not as complete as a procedure that's been around for quite some time now. And insurance and access is another issue. You know, there's some of these drugs are used for other types of treatment, like diabetes treatment, and it's hard to find them in some areas. They're very, very expensive, particularly for people who don't have insurance coverage. So it's just harder to find at this point. It's not like this is a complete replacement for the procedures that exist at this moment. You know, and interestingly enough, some researchers and doctors were telling me that they think that these drugs and the conversation around them could actually lead to more bariatric surgeries. That's interesting. What did they say was the reason behind that? Because my immediate thought would be that the rising popularity of these drugs would actually lead to less bariatric surgery because the drugs might seem like an easier answer. So what was some of the reasoning behind this potentially leading to an increase in those surgeries? This is something that really kind of surprised me as well. And I asked a lot of folks about and sort of followed up to make sure I was understanding. But the idea is that a lot of people who qualify for bariatric surgery today are not getting it. It's not necessarily something that people are thinking about very much or that they're talking with their providers about. But with all this conversation about these drugs, and particularly if they get more widespread approval and payers approval, and there's a lot more marketing going on around them, and just more conversation in general, some doctors expect a lot more patients to come in and say, I've been hearing about this, and I would like to think about what medical approaches are available for me to lose this weight. And so when patients are talking with their doctors about what options are available, these doctors are saying that they think talking through the different options and what might be good for one patient may not be good for another, that we may see an overall rise in the number of bariatric surgery cases. And this is all in the backdrop of a lot of regulators, lawmakers, insurance companies, and payers thinking about utilization, how much patients are looking for medical care to address obesity. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for explaining that. It'll definitely be interesting to watch how these drugs sort of change the landscape of care for obesity treatment. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.